0: Everyone and welcome to the 134th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host Brandon, and I'm here with Churro. Hi guys. And Sabrina. Hi guys. How are you? I We're all
1: am.
2: Together again.
1: Yes,
0: we yes. are. I am tired. Me too. Me three. Except I'm. Uh, uh, it's it's the middle of the day and it's 1:50 p.m. and I'm not actually tired.
2: It is late right it now. It is for almost nine
0: o'clock here, and the sun's
1: been down since like five o'clock.
0: All right, sounds yeah. like sounds like a good good time Stupid to winter. record. Right. Oh. oh man, I can't I can't wait. All right, so uh uh, what w- you guys what you guys been playing? Have you guys been playing games? Yes, yeah, I've been playing games. And I feel I feel like I'm a I'm a teacher asking if you did your homework. Did you guys do your homework? No. Did you, guys, did you guys how, how many moons Not did teacher. you guys collect? My no, my how, dag
1: how, ain't it.
2: Oh, I haven't
0: played Mario in quite a while. I, oh, have, I haven't
1: bought Mario yet. I'm still You gotta play it. Mario I'm playing I'm still, Assassin's
2: Creed Origins. I right bought
1: now. I bought Horizon and Mafia 3 because it was on sale and I'm playing Mafia 3 right now. So Bio's oh, gotta wait.
2: Boy. Wow, what an old school game, dude.
1: Well, right? you know, I I, I gotta get two thousand, you know, seventeen here, you know, not two thousand sixteen.
0: Let me just say. Snitches get switches. I have a Switch. We do have Switches. Okay, good. <laughs> we do have Switches. <laughs> Don't be snitches. Yeah, well, uh, uh, we're going to get into the show, and, and we'll find out why we want to get get our Switches and, and, and do our snitches. But uh, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and... Kingdom Hearts
1: Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KH Ultimania.
0: We have a news segment and we have a question segment. That means we wait, just news? No, but we have a new segment. <laughs> uh, okay, um, Look, when you when you run a podcast,
2: there's always news. There's somewhere.
0: There's always something to talk <laughs> about.
1: Yeah, but like, it's not like news. News, is it? Like, like I mean, the next world of Kingdom news. Hearts Three being it depends talked on
0: about? It depends how you on look into uh, it. you know. How it you Depends on it. what what you mean about news. Depends on how you spell it, how how it smells. I but uh, news. In some circles, I would call this news. Okay, that's all right. That's, it's something I would we'll say. At the very least, it'll generate some good conversations, and that's some good entertainment. Uh, and it'll be related to Kingdom Hearts. And hey, that means we're pumping out more than Square Enix. Am I right? <laughs> 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 Yeah. Well, technically, the news comes from Square Enix itself, so... Well, we're going to spit it into something even more entertaining. That's transformative content. Like, comment, subscribe. Anyway. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> anyway, moving on to our announcements. As always, if you guys like the show, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Union and just pledge a dollar to get access to a special podcast called Please Be Excited. Our Patreon executive producers are as follows. We have Blue Machine, who is at Blue Machine on Twitter, Joe Tremonti, who is at JZ Tremonti, Lewis James, Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero, Chris Morales, Eric Decker, who is at Choco Taco, Jonathan Gonzalez, who is at Oh It's Just Johnny, Josh McNabb, who is at J2K9, Marcus Carnecki, and churro, if you can take these next few, we got Michael Graham,
1: Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre Twenty Three, Zach Doronto at Z Fifty Eight, Billy Jackson at Underscore Billy Jackson, Darren Matthews at Doomster Seventy Three, John McCray. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Keith Field at The Mighty Keith, Mario Herker and
0: Sabi, if we could take these last ones
2: sure we have mike and mike shirley donnelly at curious quail miles ribbons mohammed quayam nico gonzalez at nick underscore knack 95 rachel casterton at Irma Yun ray richard holman at vex lennon tyson wildman at ty wildman one Vita Nitas at v underscore tron five thousand, Zach Porter at Porter Paradox, and Zeldaclone at Apes Type
0: Novels, and be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. In the way of news, we've got three items of news, and I think this first one it brings a little bit of a tear to my eye. See seeing our little Kingdom Hearts series. Hugging along, still going strong. The news is that the Kingdom Hearts series has been announced to have sold over 24 million units when you wow. consider its entire library. That's great. 24 million units for 24 square, million
1: in for... a little over 15 years. Yeah, it's good. It's
0: good. Mm-hmm. It's an wow. average of more old. than a million a year. So That's not bad at all. Another bit Of interesting, uh, assessment of this number is that, uh, so, uh, Square, you know, every now and again, you know, they'll, they'll just mention, hey, this is where the series is at as far as sales goes. And, uh, so we've got, uh, as of late 2015, the series, uh, was at 21 million units sold. And then, uh, when Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 released in March, uh, the series was at 22 million. So, from late 2015, so basically all of 2017, plus the initial sales of uh 2.8 added up to about a million. Wow. wow. Wasn't much. But, after that, the sale of Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5, and I guess you can sort of lump in maybe uh late purchases of uh two point eight. All of that added up to going from twenty two million to twenty four million. So that's you know, that's two million copies right there. So sounds like uh 2.5 collection did pretty well for them. And that's it's still doing well. Because oh,
2: yeah. I sold one to a family who wanted to buy for a little girl. Oh that's, cool. <laughs> awesome. Very proud of.
1: that's so good. Teddy, I mean we need we need we need more Kingdom Hearts moments from you i'm I'm so
0: oh. glad
2: <laughs> some are actually really cute,
0: yeah, I'm so glad this <laughs> this collection is selling because what that means is kids are getting introduced to the series at large, and that means you know uh that that gives Kingdom Hearts three a better chance at, at yeah. selling a whole lot So I mean I'm come excited. on you get you get like six titles for forty bucks, yeah, definitely, so you know. So right now, we're at late 2017. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, Kingdom Hearts releases, I don't know, 2018, September, let's say, around there, I don't know, late-ish 2018. So I'm hoping by then, they've hit 25 million. Come on, you can do it. So so 1.5, 2.5. If they've got 25 million by then, I'm hoping that Kingdom Hearts 3 takes it up and over. And let's get to 30 million units sold on the back of Kingdom Hearts 3. I think it can do it. I because, think so too. Because when you take into consideration that 1.5, 2.5, you know, sold you know, quite a bit of units. Uh, and, and these are, you know, pretty old games. It did that on PlayStation four alone. Kingdom hearts three is going to be on PS4 and Xbox one. So, I mean, obviously, you know, there's probably a smaller demographic of Xbox one players that want kingdom hearts. Cause it's a new series to the platform, but it's not a negligible amount. So that's why I'm thinking it might just happen that we'll get Kingdom Hearts the 30 million units sold. That's so exciting. Oh, man. Yeah. Like I said before, I still believe in. Yeah, don't, don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. <laughs> so the next uh, bit of interesting ma- uh, information is that Square Enix has been hyping up some sharp, powerful, and well-made titles for release in the next fiscal year, which, by the way starts april 1st 2018 and ends march 31st 2019 so in that gap or in that uh time range that's when they're going to be releasing a whole bunch of sharp powerful and well-made titles uh and i I can't wait to see what they are uh apparently these titles will be showcased at e3 2018 one of them is definitely going to be kingdom hearts 3 uh so can't wait to see how that shapes up uh, so you know, with that in mind, I need you guys to fly yeah. over here. Yeah, and join me. I'm I'm actually like Pay actively I'm actively considering, you know, going to to E3, uh, in 2018. So I'm making my plans. That's all I can say. Plans are Come plans on, are being made. This is not this is this. not this is not a Square Enix <laughs> announcement of there are no plans. I'm I'm saying. This is a squ- this is a Brandon announcement of there are plans. Yeah, that's Fly all we that's out. all we need. Fly so, me well, out. I'm thinking about it.
2: You that can, flight it is gonna be-,
0: be a pain, but
2: ah, you'll survive. I've done 15 hour flights. You'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be flying back home for uh, for Christmas time. Oh, are you? Tw- 24 hours, one for, way
2: because layovers. Yeah. Uh, where you where's your layover I think
0: i think the flight the the total flight time is uh, i want to say like tw- maybe 20 hours you know because i' I'm your going layover, from though? i'm going from from Japan to Florida, so uh, pretty much everywhere pretty much everywhere's a layover so i'm i'm starting in nagasaki going to haneda airport in Japan or in, in tokyo and then uh in in Han- then from Haneda I'm taking a bus to Narita Airport, which is in Chiba. Mm-hmm. And then I'm flying from there to like Texas. And then from Texas to Florida.
1: Wow. And then
0: in betwixt all of that, I wanna say there's like maybe ten hours of just waiting around. Or or probably less. Like maybe. Load up six. lots
2: of movies and videos.
0: Yeah, so what I'm what I'm planning is uh, is something we're about to talk about. Square Enix says they're really interested in the Switch. <laughs> Basically, I'm gonna be. I, I'm thinking about taking my Switch, and uh, I think I'm really hoping. I haven't watched anything about this game. I'm hoping that Xenoblade Two turns out to be good, and I will play that the whole way. Because. If, if my experience with Xenoblade tells me anything, I played Xenoblade Chronicles, the Wii version. Uh, I play that for a solid, like, 130 hours. The so to So, to take over for me for the entirety of the uh, 48 hours I will be flying, because it's 24 one way. When I come back, it's gonna be another 24. That's why I'm thinking maybe Xenoblade could Xenoblade will get me through it. Because you know what? I suck at f- sleeping on planes. That's, that's that's my big problem. I can't sleep on planes.
2: Get some melatonin.
0: Bruh, I got melatonin. The only and problem is I have a very limited supply of melatonin because it's the melatonin I brought with me from America when I came to Japan. And mm-hmm. melatonin is not for sale in Japan. You can't it's buy it. Is Benadryl? Either. I don't know about Benadryl. Basically, all drugs here suck. And if you want anything that's kind of good, you got to go to the doctor and get a prescription. Over-the-counter drugs uh. here are garbage. Like, not even... Like, even their painkillers are, like, sub-tylenol and Advil status. <laughs> like, it's it's bad. So, and, and all of them, all the... All the like even the prescription stuff, they're like, you know, I take it and it's like I don't really feel anything. And then it's like, oh, uh, yeah. And also, you can't even take uh more than one every six hours. So it's like, all right, I'm basically just not gonna take these anymore because they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. So that's my problem. So yeah, thinking about bringing a switch. I bought a big battery bank. Yes. I don't know if it'll if it'll make the switch last. That long, but dude, uh, they
2: have outlets on planes, dude.
0: They have outlets on some planes. Oh uh, well, they have outlets on some of my planes.
2: Why? Why would not be uh international ones?
0: I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I I hope so. I hope it's on my international one. Uh, cause yeah, I it guess all be- I, I guess in theory all I need is. Oh, the, the so the switch has. Uh, the switch is like power bank. It's like a it's a pretty small power brick that plugs into the back, and it's just got a USB Type C cable, and that's what the switch takes. So I think I'll just bring that. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm glad I thought of that. Anyway,
2: <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks for okay. they they so also said
0: Square Enix also uh, expressed a lot of interest in the Nintendo Switch. Uh, they basically said that its core architecture is similar to the PS4 and Xbox One, and as such. Uh while they'll have to probably tone things down for the Switch, they can definitely release titles on all three platforms. Which uh <clears throat> there happens to be a title coming out next year that runs on Unreal Engine 4 that uh could be uh one of the candidates for this type of thing. That being said, I'm siding with Nomora on the whole deal with like uh hey if we do end up porting this to the Switch, it's going to happen after we release it for the Xbox One. And, and I got PS4. no problem with that. I yeah, mean, let, them, let yeah. them
1: release it on the PS4 and Xbox One, and then if you have to take a look at what you need to do to put it on the Switch, do it, because yes. I'll, I'll still buy it on the Switch.
0: After you know, I'm telling you guys now. you're done... I'll have
2: all copies of them.
0: After you're done with the PS4 and Xbox version, then think about Switch. But until then... Your homework is PS4 and Xbox One, and that's it. Do you okay? think that
1: uh, Do you think that uh, would actually release uh, the the collections first to test out the Switch before releasing Kingdom Hearts Three if he does go that route? Uh
0: that's okay. So when it comes to the collections, that's a challenge to port. Kingdom Hearts Three is a challenge, but it's more of a challenge of optimization. But uh, basically, any. Any game that's running on Unreal Engine, anything running on uh, Unreal Engine four point fifteen, is supported on the Switch. So, assuming Kingdom Hearts has up upgraded their uh, version of Unreal Engine four to that level, then theoretically that's an easy port. Though Kingdom Hearts is a sticky situation because they have some weird custom graphic things because they have the kingdom Kingdom Shader thing. I I don't know. We don't know how much of that stuff is custom. So, uh. As far as the collection is concerned, none of that runs on Unreal Engine Four, so that's gonna be yeah. They got to do uh-huh. it from scratch. They would have yeah, to. Like, they got to port that. From they have scratch, to go back to the drawing which, board. I mean, they can do it. Yeah. Um. I mean, the nice thing is, like, the Switch's architecture is not bad. Like, it's actually pretty similar to a PC, uh, because, uh, internally uh the switch is running an nvidia tegra uh basically like if you guys have ever heard of the nvidia shield you guys ever heard yeah. of that so the nintendo switch is basically an an nvidia shield but with okay. a, a nintendo face on it because so nintendo was in a hard spot and nvidia was in a hard spot cuz their nvidia shield was great but then nobody wanted to buy it cuz all it was running was like crappy ports of PC games. Uh, I think you could run like, um, I think there was like a version of resident evil five that they made for, uh, the, the Nintendo or for the Nvidia shield. So you got two companies, one's got bad hardware, uh, and good games. And then one has no good games and good hardware. And, and they just came together and apparently, uh, Nintendo, Ended up with a way better deal than NVIDIA did, but whatever. So, at the end of the day, it's got architecture that's pretty similar to PC, so... And and this is just speculation. My guess is when they made the initial ports from PS2 to PS3, slash from PS3 to PS4, they probably have a build that runs on PC. It's not something that they'll probably release for PC, because having a game that runs on PC... Versus having like a retail PC game, it's a very Uh different thing because you have to optimize like PC retail releases have to be made so that they run on as much hardware as possible. Whereas having a game that can run on PC means they just need to run on the PC they have in their office. So it's a very different thing, but I have a, I have a feeling that they have as an in- intermediary platform for for those old Kingdom Hearts games, I feel like they might have ported that to PC because that would just make f- future support of the old games a lot easier, and, and also like archival of it if they ever need to use those assets for any other things. So that's just my guess. If they did that, then porting from PC to Switch might not be so bad. But the, you know, this is all all speculation. Oh, but yeah. I have a feeling that. Uh The trip from, you, you know, for the uh collection is probably going to be a, a much more challenging thing than what you have to deal with with uh, Kingdom Hearts Three because Nintendo and Unreal, you know, Epic Games, they have a, like a really solid connection and like, uh, like from the get go, like even before Unreal, uh, even before the Switch was released, like they got Unreal Engine running on that thing. Like Nintendo and Epic were in talks to make sure that thing run really, really well on the Switch uh, when it comes to Square, you know, whatever engine Kingdom Hearts games have, like, they gotta get, get that running on the Switch, so, yeah, could be a challenge. Uh, but yeah, uh, anyway, uh, back to this thing, uh, they also state that uh, the State, uh, uh, or uh, they also state that they are making great middle-range games, and that the Switch is a perfect platform for that type of game. And I would definitely agree. They're really good at making middle range games. And like if you remember like if you remember like back in last generation, like remember how all the Japanese publishers were afraid of making PS3 games, but they all like started making like DS games yep. and Vita games and like all these handheld mm-hmm. games and they like stopped making like console games for a while. Like even like Dragon Quest 9 <sighs> was a ds game like so the reason all of that happened was because uh developing for ps3 and xbox was really expensive and they couldn't justify that kind of a budget for these lower uh, lower margin games you know the ones that aren't going to sell as much but if you make these lower margin games for the ds or the 3ds or the vita like, oh, well, if we make it for these platforms, we don't have to sell as much to make our money back. So that's why games like Dragon Quest IX and all those other games uh, released on DS and Vita. Also, like, you know, they have a bigger install base. There's a lot of factors. But with the Nintendo Switch, it looks really pretty, runs on your TV, runs on the go, has, has you know, getting a really big install base. Like, Nintendo Switch is selling like crazy. Even in Japan, it's selling like crazy. And like, because of all of that, like this is, and, and this is the other big thing. Like the expectation for how good a switch game has to look is a lot lower because this thing runs on the go and, uh, it's basically running on hardware. That's like a little bit faster than what you get on like the Wii U slash PS3 slash Xbox 360. So it's somewhere in between last gen and current gen in terms of power. So that means the expectation's a lot lower for how good the games need to look, so the uh game developers can make these middle tier games where the you know it's not the same budget as what you spend on an indie game like it's you know anywhere from zero dollars to like a million dollars uh you know you're talking like above a million dollars to maybe as high as twenty million that'll be mid range these days, so that seems like. Like, a great opportunity. Uh, now, some people are speculating that the this could include games like The World Ends With You 2. There's actually a rumor saying that Square Enix is developing already a really? The World Ends With You 2 for the Switch. Uh, some other people are saying things like, you know, something related to Chrono Trigger. You know, all these other games that people really love but Square might be afraid that not enough people would buy, the Switch is a great opportunity. And uh, another thing that they say about the Switch is that Square will not rule out any IP when it comes to their developing, uh, and they say them aggressively developing games for the Switch. So they they said in their words that they are aggressively developing games for the switch and that no ip is off the table for games that they could make for the
1: switch and i mean it's basically i mean like remember how they were releasing like ds remakes exactly and stuff? exactly well the well the switch is like the next step above that now you can bring back those same titles exactly and since the switch is on the go you know that pretty much solves that whole thing with the uh, you know release re-releasing the you know games on the go now so like switch is brought that back especially with the you know with the vita kind of dying out yeah. quickly than it should yeah the vita is you know, like i mean i love now i love playing 10 and 10 10.2 on the vita but like i just wish the vita got more support but since that isn't in the cards anymore you know the switch is there to pick up that whatever the vita left off yeah you can
0: just see like that like that's the other big platform that was like especially for japanese developers in japan the vita got a lot of support like even though it was terrible overseas the Vita had a ton mm-hmm. of Japanese games. So it, it still is
1: getting support yeah, too. Yeah, it's still
0: getting support. And it seems like the Switch is being treated as the Vita 2. Like, pretty much. Like, that's how it, it, it's being treated as. Cause it's like, it's kind of that same idea where it's like console quality graphics on the go, maybe a little bit downgraded. Like you don't have to, you don't have to have the, like the crispest visuals on there. And, uh, you, you know, you can do like a wide range of things. Like, you know, you can do something as crazy and beautiful as like Zelda Breath of the Wild or Skyrim, or you could have something as low level as like a 2D game. Like they have like Street Fighter 2 running on it. And that's like, you know, it's, it's beautiful, but it's a 2D game and, you know, snipper clips, that's just a 2D Game And, like, lots of indie developers are porting stuff to the Switch, so it's this, like, really interesting hardware that a lot of people like, a lot of people want, selling out, and it's doing really well globally, you know, it's not like the Vita where it's just doing well in Japan, doing well globally, and it can handle, or it's sort of, like, positioned at being really good for everything from really low-end indie games all the way up to like a mid-tier release or if you're Nintendo something really crazy and big budget like Mario Odyssey or Breath of the Wild so it's like oh man this is like the best opportunity like you know we talk frequently about how you know games are too expensive to make and uh you know recently it feels like you know the only opportunity to make really good games these days are you know you either make low-end indie games or you make really really expensive big budget triple-a games and then uh those triple-a games aren't even like profitable enough if they only sell it for 60 dollars. so you need all these collector's editions and dlc and loot boxes and all this other crap to put on top of that like you know let's not get into star Wars battlefront, but like, just look at that and you'll see, you know, the, that kind of game. But the Nintendo switch is this thing where it's like, man, they just opened up the, the middle tier again, which has been pretty much dormant almost since the, uh, since the, since the PlayStation two, like the closest thing we had to the middle tier was the 3DS and the Vita. And those like, I mean, they, they were nice, but like, The screens look like crap. Well, Vita's wasn't so bad, but like there weren't that many games for the Vita. So it was like,
1: I mean, I mean, they just, like I said, like they just were releasing too many. I mean, they, they had a lot of AAA titles Mm -hmm. announced, but not done. Yeah. And they had really, like you said, no middle tier to release games in between to make, you know, to make money still and keep the fans happy. And, you know, now you got the switch, you know, you had a. You know, you have Lost Fear coming out with it yep. for it, and then you had like what was Project, the other title that Octopath just came out? Octopath Traveler that they're going to be. Yeah, making? that one too. You know, they're they're definitely, and then now you got you know the older IP titles that they have. You yep. know, so it's like this is going to solve that long wait in between their AAA titles. So you know I mean, if the, my only concern is you know is are they going to keep true to the word? You know, so it's like saying one thing and doing it another thing are two different things. I
0: think it all comes down to like uh, and and this is what killed the Vita was install base do enough people in their audience have switches and as of right now the projection is yes like yes now and even more in the future Yeah, because like if you look at the graph of how well the switch is selling it's like it's outstripping almost everything except for the original Wii, uh, but partially that's due to the fact that Nintendo's not outputting enough Switches to match the Wii. So it's like the Nintendo Switch is out is selling out of everything that you know if they put it on the shelf that thing is gone. So it's like it's doing really well in sales. So it, you know it's kind of the same thing with the PS4, like. People were kind of worried that, oh, this is going to maybe be a lot like the PS3 was when it first launched and there was no games for it. Uh, and and part of the reason was the PS3 was so expensive and nobody had a PS3. Uh, but with PS4, it was like people were looking at it like, oh, man, it's selling like crazy. And then everybody starts saying, oh, yeah, we're making PS4 games. We're making PS4 games all all, all across the board. And then now, if you look at the release lineup of PS4 games, PS4 has a ton of games coming out for and,
1: it and look at all the games that were released earlier this year they exactly. were exclusives of the ps4 yeah you know that that helped the sales of the ps4 you know a lot and then you know once switch came out you know that kind of changed it differently but yeah. still you know ps4 still has a solid lineup you know not just this year but coming out next year too as well and then, then when you look the when you look at the xbox one x mm-hmm. the biggest complaint was well where are all the titles exactly the exclusive titles for it they don't have much <laughs>
0: Yeah, they I don't have much. I think this, I think this year for Xbox you they have Forza. like five titles that are like
1: exclusive. I think this year, and not only that, they 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 dropped Scalebound, which is one of their yeah. biggest hyped up you know exclusives they had.
0: Xbox is yeah, like the, the, was... the anti. Uh, so Sony Nintendo, they, instead of like, you know, Sony, and Nintendo are, are like actively trying to get games made. Microsoft is actively making games not get made. So like, and then it's oh, one man. of the things
1: that, that kind of like pissed me off during E3 during their conference yeah. was like I was watching it at the Airbnb and it's like you see like you would keep hoping for them to say, you know, Xbox one exclusive, Yeah, but it's like, no, it's my Xbox one and windows. It's like, yeah, they're mo- It, it okay, seems then, like then, Microsoft then it's is like, why would I buy away. an Xbox when I could buy it on my
0: PC? Yeah. You know, it seems like the way Microsoft is thinking about games is that or going forward. Xbox is more of an idea, not just a console, you know, almost like steam is like, it's a, it's a shop that you go and you buy games from. I, I have a feeling that they're thinking about that like they're pushing towards about games that, in that way. Yeah, pushing yeah. it towards that direction where uh, Xbox is more going to be a platform and there are going to be many devices that play Xbox games. It could be your uh, PC. It could be uh, your, you know, maybe, you know, they have they'll still release a set top box that they call an Xbox that you can plug yeah, into your TV. Th- yeah.
2: I was thinking that, too, that they might eventually make, like, some sort of, like, almost a Steam link, but just specifically Mm -hmm. Xbox-exclusive titles. Actually,
0: uh, Phil Spencer recently uh, told Bloomberg, he said, uh, that within the next three years, they're going to release something like that, where there will be a box that you can buy that doesn't necessarily have anything that you play directly on it, that you're, like, streaming these games in, kind of like how uh, PlayStation has PlayStation Now. Mm -hmm. uh they're going to be using their uh microsoft has these servers called azure it's kind of like how amazon has uh the amazon web services they have a bunch of servers that you can rent microsoft Mm -hmm. has the same sort of deal it's called azure and i think they're looking to use that to put out games uh, as a streaming service kind of like netflix i guess uh so we'll see what microsoft tries to do they they're you know, I, I'm interested in seeing them try something different because, uh, you know, they're, they seem to be in not a great place and that's where Nintendo was before the switch. And through that bad situation, they created the switch and that was something amazing. Uh, Microsoft, you know, they, you know, they had a lot of hubris going into this generation. They, they, you know, they really generalize things. They didn't come in fast talking about games. They started talking about TV, TV, sports, 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 TV, and call of duty. You know, that's the way they, that's the way they introduced the Xbox one. And that's the way, you know, that's the tone they set. And that's, you know, they made their bed and now they got to sleep in it. So that that's, so I'm hoping that through this situation, they'll be able to turn things around. That being said, Nintendo has been profitable in the past the xbox has never turned a profit it is one of the worst like if you look at microsoft it is one of the worst performing uh segments of their uh, of their company and they actually have always operated at a loss now uh, you know yeah, they, really? they bring they, worse. they bring in a lot of money but they have they have not they have never been profitable and the problem with the 360 was that whole red ring of death issue that yeah. cost them billions. So, yeah, that wasn't cheap. And not
1: only that, like, the poor sales overseas outside of the U.S. Yeah, too, U- especially US, Japan.
0: U.S. and kind of Europe.
1: And then, like, when the, I was looking at the sales for the Xbox One, Xbox One X in Japan, it, had, it barely even – it didn't even make two, $2,000. Yeah. And not only that, the stores would only – offer it if you pre-ordered yep. there they had none in stock unless you pre-ordered yeah. it that's I so can weird
0: t- i can tell you i have not met a japanese person that knows what xbox is and really yeah not not even one uh so in terms of my experience uh it seems like a lot of older people played games in the past and they they play games on consoles and they you know they love the P- ps2 uh a lot of college students. Uh, have PS3s and Wii U's, but haven't upgraded yet. And uh, in terms of kids, because, you know, I I teach at a school, uh, it seems like a lot of them have 3DS, maybe Vita. Most of them play on smartphones. I think I know one kid who has a Switch and then a couple of kids who have PS4s. Nobody knows what an Xbox is. And anytime I've ever gone to a store here, like Xbox has a tiny little corner of a wall and no one ever goes over there. And I, I every, every time I see it, I always go over there just for laughs, just to see what they've got on the shelf. And it's like, it's all the games that we have on PS4. Like it's all third party games or like the couple of first party, you know, like Halo, stuff like that. But like, man, it's it, it's not great. <laughs> Yeah, it's not.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it, like I always read the like the, the Kotaku articles yeah. about Xbox releases in Japan, and they're just so it's it's real bad, <laughs> disappointing. Yeah.
0: So anyway, yeah. So Square, uh, lo- looking really sharp for 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 Square in the in the next year. Uh, relating back to Kingdom Hearts, though, uh, <laughs> I think what this means is expect Kingdom Hearts stuff on the Switch. And I would also say, don't be surprised if there's going to be a new and or exclusive game made just for the Switch that is a Kingdom Hearts game. Just saying. I don't know anything. I mean, n- I mean like, I, I, bought, n- I
2: bought a PSP, I bought a 3DS, I bought whatever just to play Kingdom yeah, Hearts. So, same, yeah. so, like, and I, totally I happen to, to
0: already have a Switch, so oh, be okay. okay, works for but, me. Like, and
1: just remember, Nomura loves looking at the, the new stuff that comes out. He was so enthralled with the 3DS, yep, you know. Yeah. exactly. And he was willing to make a game for but it. Is there
2: right. a bad thing that, like, they want to... Like, I don't know, my only concern with the Switch and having that um, that middle ground, I guess, is that it opens yeah. so many things for people to just remake things. And, like, I'm kind of tired yeah. of the whole remake season going on right now.
0: Yeah, I think what's gonna happen remake is and are that a lot at first. Because, yeah. again, they're scared but you yeah. also you're also going to have things that are like more experimental. Like you can you already see it with uh with the with the Switch, you know, you've got Project Octopath Traveler. That's something new that they're making that's really experimental. You know, it's 2D and 3D together, running on Unreal Engine 4. So, they're experimenting there. You got Lost Sphere that's coming, but I don't think that's exclusive to the Switch. And it's like it seems like they're like dipping their toes in the water. I think the next thing that we're gonna start seeing is going to be remakes, and the reason is, uh, because they have to, like, even if they're they're gonna be making like a new mid tier game, it's gonna take a while, because, uh, and it's not only Square Enix. Like I heard uh, recently from Capcom, they were like, "Oh, uh, wow, the Switch is doing good. All right, I guess we'll make games for it." But so far, all they've released are like ports or remasters. And like that's going to stay the same for a while. Cause like even though it's just a mid tier game, it's going to take a couple of years to make those games. So I would say when it comes to third party support for the Switch, even though it's like all these companies are coming out and publicly saying, Hey, we're going to support this thing. Hey, we're going to support this thing. I would say for a while, it's going to be like that. It's going to be ports. But the nice thing is with the Switch. HD remaster or not necessarily HD, but like ports to the switch are slightly more palatable because it's a portable. Now I know that's not for everybody, but the fact that you can play the game on the go is a tangible difference for a lot of people. Like what is the reason to play Skyrim on switch? It's not to play a crappy version of Skyrim on your TV. Same thing with play it on the go. yeah, it's a t- it's so that you can play it on the go. So and people I love think it. I think that's what we're gonna get for a little bit, like for a couple of years. But I would say like in like twenty twenty, that's when we start. We're probably gonna start getting some more substantial titles. That being said, there's already substantial new titles that are being made uh, by other companies. Uh, Atlas is making their next Shin Megami Tensei game for it, and it that's running on unreal and it seems like they're using assets from persona five you know they're just taking all the demons from persona five and using them in in uh but well obviously ported over from from persona five's engine to unreal engine 4 it looks amazing so we'll have to see what it's like going forward so yeah uh moving along the biggest news (laughs) of of the episode of the year even Kingdom Hearts Donald and Goofy appeared again at Disneyland for the Disney Vacation Club After Hours event. Okay,
2: can someone explain to me what that is, though? Like, I don't I, know what the I event no is. Idea. It's
1: a it's a vacation club thing. It's basically you go on the Disney vacation stuff. It's like a basically Disney has a lot of different clubs. That I guess you, you pay, pay into money it. for. Oh, okay, and you get yeah, to go to special. This event. is just a yeah that's all it is basically like because you know disney has cruises they have you know you can do parks and stuff and stay there for you know apple you know x amount of times during out the year so it's basically just that Yeah. so uh, they just did something special for them basically
0: Ah, there are a couple of couple of mascots there that had donald and goofy costumes on but they were specifically of their kingdom hearts styled outfits they, they they even had a backdrop with the logo on yeah, it. Yeah, which yeah, that's super super awesome. So it's nice to you see know, we're, some we're representation of Kingdom Hearts in Disneyland. Finally, what chance for-
2: could there be to be like a Kingdom Hearts world in a Disney um, land?
0: I want Kingdom Hearts ride. Let's do it. Give me a gummy. Been, give me a, give I've me been the trying to ship. fight that fight for gummy <laughs> ship for the
1: last five almost five years now. So you know we're we're trying. One
0: day, yeah, it's it's the key ba- the key bearers alliance are trying. Yeah. Do do keep 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 doing your duty. Uh I I do have one request to you guys. <laughs> Let's get Sora in the park cuz like it seems like they they're trying to avoid we'll anything We'll just we'll just bring that Sora. Uh, that
1: Sora that came there one time. Yeah. So We'll call them back. Yeah. I
0: think so that's I,
2: would, I don't know. I can't see Sora as a mascot cuz that's creepy.
0: It's me. creepy. He I, I, I would, would, would pref- honestly I would prefer um, an actor.
2: No, for me, I would want.
0: I want cosplay.
2: Um, oh my god, timeless river looking Sora because he's more cartoony that way. But that how are they gonna? The how are
0: they gonna make that work? Is there gonna be a guy in a co- a costume with a mask? That would be so no. creepy. No, they did you have, that like, one. Head, no,
1: I know, Sabby. On.
2: guys.
0: <laughs>
2: or are we gonna? Are here. we going to
0: paint some poor guy? <laughs> I know. Right? No,
2: it's still the mascot-looking outfit, but I don't want it to look like Sora because that's creepy. It has, it will look like the timeless River version of Sora because he's more cartoon-like and fits with the, like the Mickey-esque, like design.
0: It does. That's uh, I, all right, eh. I'm just gonna say that there ha- there was once a Kingdom Hearts Sora mascot with a ma- with a mask that was put on. It was the creepiest-looking thing ever. It did not go well, and that's part of the reason why we don't see Sora. It's uh, not a my, mask. <laughs> my my vote is for cosplay. Just get a cosplayer. I mean, it, we'll see. I mean, it's not that hard to get a cosplayer. I mean,
1: I, I know tons of Sora cosplayers that are, like, legit. So, basically, all I gotta do is just find somebody that can design it for them. I mean...
2: It has to be to so, Mickey's... Not Mickey's. <laughs> Disney's, like, approval of... Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. That's all. I mean, I've already, like, written down so many, like, ideas for... Kingdom Hearts in the park. So I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, like because you know, you know, they have like a what's it called, like a like a weekend of something, like a Dapper weekend or Dapper day. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be like an entire weekend. It could be like one day of Kingdom Hearts stuff, like Kingdom Hearts theme. Yeah,
0: stuff. I mean, it, they it don't seems have to like that's out. something would be so easy to add on. Like you have a couple of Kingdom Hearts related, you know costumes for the, for the cast members at the, at the park. And then, you know, every ride has sort of like a, Hey, you're going to a different world, you know, spin on it. Cause like at the end of the day, most of the place, most of the places you go to in kingdom hearts are Disney worlds. And these are like a bunch of Disney related uh, properties. So, you know, st- and and they're all in one land and all in one park, like spin it into being about a kingdom hearts type adventure they they have adventure yeah. they they have like uh branded events like that too like they they had a tron one for a while and like they, they've done stuff like this where they've themed your entire experience at the park oh there was a star wars one that was what it was they they uh in uh in florida one of the parks is uh, disney hollywood studios uh one of the roller coasters is an aerosmith roller coaster they entirely like themed it about being for Star Wars when Star Wars Force Awakens came out, so they could do something I like mean, that. I mean
1: they they could totally do the uh, like the Star Tours into like a gummy ship thing.
0: Yeah, like that'd be cool. So they could make it work. So uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on to the questions. Yay. Our first question mm. comes from Chris Willis who asks would you want to see side quests in Kingdom Hearts three or a future Kingdom Hearts games? And what format would you want them to take? So here are some examples he gives: uh, mission based, like in Three Five Eight Over Two, fetch quest or hunt based, like Final Fantasy Fifteen, or asset building, like uh, Mass Effect Three, or mini games or another format. What do you What do you want, Churro?
1: Yes, 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 yes. All the, above. All the please, above, please, please, please,
0: please, please.
1: Because the game is so dull without you know, side quests. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you you, you need something to occupy your time. Like, if you don't want to go, you know, with the main story, you can go off and go do a side quest to help this poor, you know, poor, you know, character Mm -hmm. or help, you know, one of, like, her. if her Hercules is, you know, doing something, you know, and he needs help with something else and that's not the main story, yeah, go help him with that little bit. You know, it's like, don't matter if it's fetch quest or, you know, asset building or, Something, something you know it's just
0: now i will say there kind of was something like this kind of for 0.2 they had that little like checklist of things that random things you could do i yeah i will say i didn't like it
2: no i didn't either
0: i i because to me it's such uh like almost invisible thing like i don't i completely didn't know it was there for a while and like Uh, Anytime I go back to it, I always, I'm always like, Oh, right. There's that checklist thing that you can do. Oh, I forgot that existed. And like, I I would prefer something that is like a little more in your face, like some like missions uh, that you get from quest givers, like in the world and like you're helping something and there's some story context to it. Um, I'd prefer it not to be, I, I mean, final fantasy 15s were fine, my problem with Final Fantasy XV's quest, though, are that it's more in how it was written. None of the characters had like an emotional story related to it. It was all like, "You are doing a favor for me."
2: Yo, that that Toad Lady was dope, though. Okay,
0: the, okay, Toad Lady, pic, <laughs> picture picture guy, uh, a girl and, uh, a girl who worked at the factory, the fishing man.
2: Yo, fishing he was like. Man old man grandpa like feels do like oh, come on
0: i mean <laughs> something right <for him. laughs> they're fine i guess but like all of them were formatted as if it's like i'm some person who has items or something and i will give it to you but you have to do a favor for me like these aren't friends that you're well in the case of the fishing guy he was a friend but it's like not necessarily a friend that you're making They don't really have an involved story. Like I prefer things like, you know, maybe you encounter someone who's crying and then like, you try to find out what's wrong. And then you find out something was stolen and you go, you know, looking for it. And then you encounter, Oh, it was a beast. And Oh, he killed somebody. Oh, you got to stop it. Like have some sort of story involved with it. Um, and not some have have
1: a, like a conclusion knowing that you felt good for completing
0: exactly or in rather they just get it just get an item in the case of yakuza zero they had one where it was like there was this dominatrix who was really bad at her job because she was too shy and then your job was to teach her how to be uh more Excuse assertive me? and then <laughs> and then these guys come over and they were mad because uh she was such a nice dominatrix and they were kind of being kind of creepy on her and you're like, shut up! And then, and then, and then they're like, what? You want to say something? And then you beat the crap out of them. And then she's like, oh my god, can you teach me how to be a dominatrix? And then you go through this like, a, like this whole thing about teaching <laughs> teaching her how to be a dominatrix, <laughs> what you oh, should god. say to to the client, and then uh, and then yeah, you you basically just teach her how to be a dominatrix, and then somehow you end up. Uh, Going back to her club and like she was going to reward you. But oops, your customer shows up. Oops, I'm still in the room. And then the dominatrix was like, oh, uh, just hide. And then eventually the you like cough or something and the guy notices you're there. And then the dominatrix like thinks back to her training and she's like, well, you know what? I bought. I brought him here so he could watch me humiliate you. And then the customer went from being like creeped out to like super into it. It was like, "Oh yes, oh my god!" I want quests like that. No. Well, uh, okay. You know, you, you know what? To be clear, to be clear, not <laughs> not specifically dominatrix or even like that theme. Not adult theme. You mean the quest like the quest format. The that okay. quest format where there's like there's a story. There's a character. You're helping them, helping them grow as a person. You're doing you know, many you know different things. Like there was fighting in it. There were talking sequences in it. You know, there at no point was it a fetch quest. There were many different scenes that involved the, you know, just talking or whatever. And it was like, it was super interesting. And I was super into it. it it's definitely like, and Yakuza is full of quests like that. Y'all got to play Yakuza
1: 0. That's what I'm saying. Okay, Eventually. you know, you know what, you know what game has like really good side quests. Okay, both both South Park games, The oh, Secret Truth yeah, yeah. and, and the, the because like they're they're fun because and because like you. Like, there's a storyline with, within each quest that you do, mm-hmm. so when you complete it, you get the satisfaction of knowing you helped that person out. Didn't, didn't matter how weird or obscure it was, exactly. you know, it, you still got something, some sort of satisfaction for completing it. Basically, and that's one of the, the honor things of the South Park games that had.
0: I just want an opportunity to have an interesting, creative story told to me through a side quest, specifically and, and especially for Kingdom Hearts. I would love to also see that that expands and uh, more characterizes the characters in the game, like Kyrie, Axel, Sheon, Roxas, Namine, Mewtwo. Also, Pikachu. would you want
1: something that? Would you want something that affects the entire
0: like game?
1: Like if you do, like for Not example, really, some games like, have a choice.
0: I I, I okay. So you know. here here's something that like goes back into what he mentioned here with Mass Effect Three. So in Mass Effect mm-hmm. Three. I loved the the asset building in there. So the way that worked was, so at the beginning of, or not like the actual beginning of the game, but when like the main part of the of of your journey starts, they basically say, "All right, so the Reapers are coming. They're gonna kill everyone if we don't get ready. We have time now, Shepard." Like the, or basically, no, the Reapers are here on Earth. Everyone is dying. Shepard, you need to go out in space and get all the other aliens in line to go come and save Earth. And basically, while you're out there, you got to get as many as many allies, uh, assets. You know, we're talking money, guns, ships, whatever. So when you go on quests, usually you'll maybe you'll find like a group of smugglers and like, you know, maybe help them out and then you're like, "All right, look. Uh I'm not going to kill you guys, but like look, Earth is like in a really bad way right now. Can you help us out and like uh it'll increase your galactic your galactic readiness level and those smugglers, you know, they'll they'll be like a little uh thing in your notebook that that you know in your galactic readiness that says oh these smugglers are are on your side uh they're they're out there and they're like uh getting intel for you and, and feeding it back to you know the earth forces and like you know you save some scientists and they're like oh we put the scientists on so they can build that big super weapon that you can go use to kill the reapers so something like that where it's like you know, you're working with these guys and then you're getting them on your side. And like literally all, all you see of it in the game after that is that they're, they appear on a list and it's sort of, there's like some flavor text that says what they are, you know, theoretically doing to help you. And all of that built into so much of the, the tone of that game. I love the tone of mass effect three that you know of what you play throughout the game the ending whatever but like the actual do think, game itself feels great do you think they'll ever implement something like that
1: into kingdom hearts or do you think kingdom hearts is more straightforward that they can't really add something i don't like know that about for kingdom
0: hearts 3 even though i think something like this would be perfect for kingdom hearts 3 because it is like it's the end of an era You know, and, you know, technically they're about to go to war. So, like, wouldn't it be great if, like, you could, like, throughout this game prepare for the war and have that be a part of the side quest stuff, too? Uh, I would love to see it for Kingdom Hearts 3, but maybe not for Kingdom Hearts 3. Maybe it's for the next series, but I, I would definitely appreciate it. Also, this was something from Mass Effect 2. It's kind of similar. Uh they had these things these things called loyalty missions, and basically everything was set around forming a crew that you're gonna use to go at the end of the game on a suicide mission. You're going into the middle of like the collector's stronghold, and like if you go there now, like you're gonna die. So uh, you know, you're building up your crew, and then once you've gotten them on your side, then they'll have a series of missions that are like personal things maybe a personal vendetta Uh, maybe one guy he lost his father and he's like trying to find his father and you know various different so each of their characters have something that they want to accomplish and uh, you can decide to help them with that or not and if you do they'll become more loyal to you and your success in the final mission will uh, depend on that so, uh, if your character is not so loyal to you and you enter the final mission, there's a, you know, uh, basically it, it's guaranteed they die. And, and oh, basically all would, of like, your site cycle- you or something. Yeah. yeah. They well, they don't betray you. Uh, basically they'll, they'll go, f- they'll go there and then they'll die. And then the save carries over. And if they died in mass effect two, they're dead in mass effect three. Like, right. I remember, I don't think they would do that for KH three. But something like that, where like you've got all these key key bearers, right? Well, you Hmm. know, you got that some of them that have like their own personal interests. Like for example, Axel, he probably is all about let's bring Roxas back. So like maybe that's something you can go do with Axel, and if you do that, then Roxas is a part of your group, and maybe Roxas is an optional party member, and you know he'll only be there if you went with Axel and did his loyalty mission and got Roxas back. I don't know, something like that, where, you know, you're working with your characters on the side on something that's not necessarily main plot, but is like, it feels as good as the main plot. And, you know, you go off and you do a mission and then maybe like it has some slight effects on the main story. But like, you know, let's say the story was written so that, you know Roxas could be a part of your team or he he might not be and it's like you know it it doesn't matter either way but maybe maybe you'll get like a like a couple of scenes with Roxas that like would be kind of nice if you had him there but if he's not there it doesn't it's not like the end of the game like it's it's not the end of the world if he's not there so something like that I'd like to see that anyway moving on uh uh Churro can you take this next one
1: Yes, this next one's from Iron Willow, and they write, I want to play Kingdom Hearts 3 at its best. It seemed from the beginning that it would have been the PS4 version, but then the PS4 Pro came out, and now you got the Xbox One X, which is apparently even more powerful. What do you guys think is the best option for Kingdom Hearts 3?
2: I... I... Okay, so... I know both, like, there's a lot of machines out there that are really, Mm -hmm. really good currently right now. Yep. (laughs) And... But I believe like development wise it was for the PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. And for the Pro, um I think I think you and I were talking, we were talking about this earlier. It's just yeah. when they did the update for one point five, two point five, it was just the the frame rate you said, right?
0: Oh wait, no. That for one point five, two point five they had something more substantial. Uh one okay. point five, two point five, uh it runs at four K. Uh, and it's Nate. So, uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5, all the games run native 4K at 60 FPS, which is like really rare. Yeah. So, they did that for 1.5, uh, 2.5. What didn't get much is 0.
2: 0.2. Ah, uh, right.
0: Okay. 0. 0.2, they just unlocked the frame rate. Like, here you go. Yeah. That's what you get. They, they basically like, a- and like, that is like literally nothing for them. Like, all games that if they. If they have a locked frame rate, most most games do, and they're either locked. uh, And when I say locked, I mean like the cap. So it's not really a lock. It's more like a cap. So the maximum frame rate is like either 30 FPS or 60 FPS. That's for most games. And if you have a, you know, on the PS4, uh, 0.2 has a 30 FPS cap. That means the frame rate is not allowed to go above that. Uh, for p s four pro, they uncapped the frame rate, meaning uh, if the console is capable of giving you a frame of the game faster than thirty three point three three milliseconds, it'll do it. The problem is that if you do that, some frames will come faster, some frames will come slower, and uh, most people's TVs uh, are at uh have a refresh rate of 60 hertz and if they come out at an un- uneven frame rate it feels like really stuttery and juddery and it doesn't feel good at all so that's kind of the the problem there's like literally a switch in 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 the code that says uh uh if if the frame rate is capped I'll keep it locked to 33 frames uh 30, 30 frames per second and that's it if it's uncapped, give me your frames as fast as you can give me them. So... They li- they're literally unchecked the checkbox. And that's that's the pro patch for 0.2. <laughs> so... Um,
2: but in the sense of, like, Xbox One, yeah, y- it'd be cool to see that on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also just based on preference on how it would be. Obviously, yeah, yes, a the little Xbox bit. One X would be powerful in that sense um i would just think it would be um what was it i think it would just be if the support was there for it
0: yeah i think that that definitely is the biggest thing and that that's like across the board for all games like if you look at ps4 pro like not a lot of games provide significant support for the playstation 4 pro unless it's like a first party Sony game right now, the best looking pro game. Well, pro games are, uh, horizon. And I think, uh, Gran Turismo sport. Those are the two like top looking games on PS4 pro where other titles like third party games, you know, they'll look better, but it's like, it's not like significant.
2: Yeah. They mostly just got boosted is what it is.
0: Yeah, it's really not much. Now, it is a little bit of a different time, you know, the uh PS4 Pro's been out for a while and by the time Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out, the Xbox will also the Xbox One X will have been out for a while. So maybe they'll have more of an opportunity to to get things going. Like if you remember back when uh 0.2 came out, the PS4 Pro is only on the market for like 2 months at that point. So it's not like they ha- like had a chance to really get in touch with the platform and see what benefits they could get. And on top of that, it's like not many people have it, so why would we spend time or money making stuff for it? But now yeah. there's a lot of people that do have it, theoretically, a lot more people that have it, and there has been more time, so maybe they'll do something more for it. Maybe they won't. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath. Uh, obviously... Xbox One X has more potential because like, you know, it's more powerful. So there's more potential there. Um, if, you know, if hypothetically they did exactly what they did with 0.2 and they just uncapped the frame rate, theoretically speaking, the Xbox One X would look better for it because, uh, you know, when you uncap the frame rate, it's basically just saying to the game, like, give me frames as fast as you can give me them. You know, once they're finished, give it to me and I'll put it on the screen uh with the Xbox, the Xbox One X is faster than the PS4, so if the game says give me frames as fast as you can, then the Xbox One X is going to have a higher frame rate. It's not going to look any better. It's going to look the same as what it does on on PS4 more or less, but uh in terms of like actual upgrades like yeah, like the performance might be a little better. That's that being said, if they do decide to like add some like Home cooked meal uh, upgrades. Like, uh, there's things like checkerboard rendering and uh, HDR, and, you know, maybe up- upgrade the shadow quality or upgrade anisotropic filtering or temporal anti aliasing. Like, there's all sorts of things that they could add to it. You know, that's all on Square to decide. And, like, if they do add that, then it's like, then we'll have to wait and see to see what they add to the game. Mm-hmm. So. I would say wait and see. Theoretically, Xbox One X would provide the best looking experience, but something to keep in mind, Square is a Japanese company. Xbox is not a big platform over there. I do not see them putting too much emphasis on that patch. Uh, Final Fantasy XV did release an Xbox One X X patch, and it does look better than ps4 but does have some like performance issues in certain areas like like kind of bad ones that dip under 30 frames per second uh in places that they didn't dip in ps4 uh, even ps4 pro so uh while the 15 team kind of gave a little bit more effort for the xbox that doesn't necessarily mean that the kingdom hearts team will do the same so i would just say keep your eye out and uh ultimately here's the real thing buy it on the platform that's most popular because that's going to get the best experience support I'm I'm, i'm telling you buy it on the thing that has the most which currently i would say if you already have a ps4 i'm gonna guess that you probably do i would say just stick with it if you already have a ps4 don't bother getting a ps4 pro if you already have an xbox i would say don't bother getting an xbox one uh you know, this is, uh, there's not that much of an upgrade at the end of the day. Now, if you are, and the other thing is it, it all depends on like the TV that you have. Like if they end up supporting things like HDR or 4k high resolutions, things like that, that stuff you only really notice if you have a really nice TV. It's another consideration. How good is your TV? You know, are you going to see those benefits on your maybe crappy TV? Yeah. These are all considerations. Anyway. Uh, Sabrina, can you take this last question?
2: Sure. This last question is by Sean Gray. And they asked, Hearing your theories on how Kingdom Hearts Key and Unchained Key are a virtual simulator, I wonder how you guys would take it if the setting was like Kingdom Hearts 3D. What I mean by this is, what if Kingdom Hearts Key was the player's dream and Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key was the realm of sleep? Like how Sora was traveling through the sleeping worlds and Riku was traveling through Sora's dreams. This could help explain why things look similar in each game. Plus, it would explain the dream eaters. Love the show. Keep it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely in terms of the quote-unquote simulation, there's definitely some dream and realm of sleep-related shenanigans going on because there are dream eaters. They're just straight up dream eaters in the in these games. So, and, and it's not just. Unchained Key and, and Union Cross, it's also the original Kingdom Hearts Key had Chirithi, which was a Dream Eater. So, like, it, it's definitely something with the Realm of Sleep. Now, in terms of, like, the the difference between, like, Kingdom Hearts Key being the player's dream and then Unchained Key being the Realm of Sleep, like, it, it doesn't seem like Square Enix has made that that much of a distinction between dream versus realm of sleep uh i mean in i don't know it was really weird in dream drop distance so yeah sora was in his own little dream world and like riku was also somehow traveling through it it was weird i guess we'll have to sleep we'll have to see i don't know that it is that i will say i'm still on the board of Somehow, the Master of Masters is controlling all of it, and he's the guy sitting outside of the simulation that is. He's sitting on the outside looking in. For whatever reason, I don't know, but it seems like he's a guy who wants to watch the simulation do its stuff. That just seems to be his MO, and it would explain a lot of things about him as a character and about his personality and how he feels about everybody. Is if he's sitting on the outside, you know, that would explain why he's so nonchalant and doesn't give a crap about anybody on the inside. So, just an idea there. Uh, But yeah, what do you guys think about this whole (laughs) sleep world, whatever? Do you think Kingdom Hearts, these key games and Union Cross or whatever, do you think this is the realm of sleep?
2: It'd be an interesting concept if it was. It's like, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like it as much in that sense if it was mm-hmm. just because it's kind of like, I don't know, it gives me weird like lost vibes, <laughs> and yeah. also like Final Fantasy X vibes, which I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, like, I was very upset about. So, I it seem, it just seems want... a little
0: bit arbitrary because it's like, all right, Kingdom Hearts is already set in a fictional universe. So now it's, like, a fictional universe within the fictional universe. Exactly, within the fictional right? universe. So it's
2: just kind of like,
0: uh...
1: Alright.
2: Okay. It's like, what did I play I and mean, what did I like for the last, like, 15 years of my life? I mean,
1: that, in- that Inception thing's already been played out too many exactly. times. Exactly.
0: It just feels like, you know, Nomura's just, like, flipping through his Blu-ray collection is like, alright... Uh, we're going to get the time traveling from this movie. Uh, you know, we're going to take things, uh, from the matrix in this game, you know, it's all simulation. And then, oh, we're going to, oh, let's, let's make it about sleeping worlds. Oh, it'll be inception. (laughs) He's just like flipping through his like Netflix queue. (laughs) It's like, all right, the next kingdom hearts game is going to be looper. All right. It's going to be time travel. (laughs) Like,
2: ugh. or like the prestige, just you know, magicians. Everyone's just, just magicians. a magician at
0: this point. Oh, the joke is the bird dies. Oh, ah! jeez. <laughs> the prestige. The bird is the word. Anyway, so we'll, we'll we'll see we'll we'll see how uh this shakes out in Kingdom Hearts three. But I would definitely say, uh, I personally feel that somehow it's related to the Sleeping World. It has to be there are dream eaters. Period. The end. Moving on. Uh oh yeah, our music for this episode is a cover of "Cherzo di Notte." I think that's how you'd pronounce that. <laughs> it's my guess. Uh, it's the battle theme from uh from Hollow Bastion, and it's uh, uh played by Hollow Riku on YouTube on the piano, and this was arranged by Hypochondriac Piano, who who we've also featured on this show in the past. Our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 5th of December. Uh, And as always, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one!
1: Number one.
0: And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or... Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, guys. It's goodbye time. Are you sure? I think so. Let me check my watch. Is it? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> we are having so much fun. Yep. I looked at my Mickey Mouse watch, and he's, one hand is pointing to goodbye, and the other one is pointing to time. Ooh. Okay. Aww. Yep. Yep. Uh, goodbye,
1: everyone. Thank you again for joining
0: us. We
2: love Thank you. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Yes, thank you so much. I wonder if our next episode is our last episode of the year. i got to (laughs) ask Daryl. We'll see. So next episode will either be important and be the last episode of the year, or it'll be the second to the last episode of the year. But we'll still make it important, I guess. All right. So I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.